Welcome to Is All Correlated, Episode 3. I'm your host, Jordan Phillip, and my guest for today is Blake Woodham. He has participated in real estate for nine years and has conducted over 500 real estate deals while simultaneously being active duty military. How you doing, Blake? I'm good, man. How are you? Thanks for having me on. Of course. I'm doing pretty good. Got over a cold recently. I don't know if I mentioned that. So oh. if I cough, that's why. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> okay. So how'd you get started in real estate? Uh, so I got started in real estate uh, about 2014. Uh, I literally just sit back and ask myself, like, how do you actually get wealthy? Um, and, you know, started reading all the books to think and grow rich, rich dad, poor dad, the millionaire next door. Um, just started looking at all the sources that I could find and everything was pointing towards real estate. Everybody was talking about real estate. If you look, there's a common trend among millionaires, right? Most of them have a substantial holding in the real estate portfolio. So that's kind of what vectored me towards that. And then I started watching uh, another guy on YouTube and kind of following his content. And he taught me about real estate wholesaling. So that's where I really started digging into it. And I ended up you know, just grinding away and for about three months, if I actually closed my first deal and once that first one closed and I actually saw the check in my hands with my name on it, I was like, okay, this works. How do I replicate this over and over again? So that's kind of the backstory of how I actually got started. And what is wholesaling for people that don't know? So wholesaling real estate, um, it's one of the best ways I would, I would suggest to get started in the real estate world and to make uh, kind of piles of money. And wholesaling real estate is essentially, the short version is, I go to you, Jordan, I say, hey, you got a house to sell, right? And you're like, yep, I just inherited it from my grandma. I live in Colorado. This house is in Florida. Uh, and you're like, hey, I need to get this much for it. It needs all kind of work. It's kind of rough around the edges. It's not the pretty one you see uh, on TV shows. So we go and make a cash offer to them. Uh, we get it under contract. And then I go and find another a cash buyer on the backside. I add a fee on top of that. And then you get what's called an assignment fee. And that's how a wholesaler actually gets paid. And then you just vector the entire process to, through closing. And then at closing, you get paid for literally just selling contracts. And when you started wholesaling, did you have a mentor or was it just strictly online that you relied on? Uh, I did. I signed up for an online course. Uh, it was maybe a couple hundred bucks and he kind of walks you through the basics and gives you like a document package and stuff like that. And then uh, a big one for me was going to local real estate meetups. Uh, I was in the Panhandle of Florida at the time and I started going to local real estate meetups and kind of meeting with like-minded people saying, hey, what what do you do here? Like what what happens here? Right? Stuff that you can't really get from an online course, but like actually sitting down and having dinner with people that are a couple of steps ahead of you saying, Hey, I got, I'm, I'm at this level. Like, what do I do next? And then you'd be surprised. Almost everybody is willing to open their books and help you out. So, uh, you got to seek out that knowledge and seek out that wisdom of people that are a couple levels ahead of you and say, Hey, how do I get there? And they'll say, do this, this, and this. And if you go and actually do it, uh, you'd be surprised that it actually works. And do you think that real estate is the most lucrative asset class versus stocks or crypto or bonds or well obviously it's more lucrative than bonds but <clears throat> is it the most lucrative asset class in your opinion 
hundred percent. I will battle anybody on the asset classes in real estate versus anything else, simply because uh, think of it like this: real estate, it, to my knowledge, is the only asset class that I can use somebody else's money. I can take the bank's money. I can buy an asset. I can buy a house, and then I can put a tenant in there, and the tenant pays off the bank. Right. So there's no other asset class that you can do that where somebody else will pay off your debt to the bank. And by the way, you get dividends every single month as long as you do your math properly. <clears throat> so that's the that's the level 101 of that piece. The level 201 of that is you can say, hey, yeah, to buy that property, hey, you might have to put you know your deposit down, your 10% down or whatever it takes to actually close on the deal. So you'll have some money into the deal. If you run your numbers properly, you can then refinance that property out still using the bank's money, get all of your initial investment out, put the put a tenant in there, have them pay it off, and then they're, they're still paying off the bank. And you have $0 into it. So as soon as you start making money off of that, your return literally becomes an infinite symbol. So you show me another asset class where I can get an infinite symbol on my returns, and I'm all in. Uh, I have not found anything that can do that. Uh, and I think the big thing that... I think people need to at least acknowledge is a, a thing is like, how do you make money in your sleep? Through rental real estate is how you make money in your sleep, right? Through passive income. You know, you just get cash flow every single month. It just keeps coming. Boom. People pay their rent and I get those dividends. My, my houses pay dividends every single month. Most of my portfolio at the current moment, I have zero dollars invested into because I did that same exact model. It's called the Burr model. So buy, renovate, rent, refinance. And you can get all of your capital out of that and it should still cash flow as long as you do your numbers right. It'll still cash flow and pay you three, four, or five hundred dollars a month. <clears throat> you stack up five or ten of those, you've got several thousand dollars every month passively just coming in. And then so that's the front side of the house. Second side is gonna be tax benefits. Right? So I can depreciate these things and the active money that I'm actually getting. From wholesaling, so you're, these piles of money that I'm making, I'm turning piles of money into streams of money. Uh, so the taxes are significantly way more advantageous than a stock. Uh, mm. Or even, well, they're still figuring out the crypto uh, tax situation, but right. uh, I think it beats it in the, the tax house all day. So that's why I, those are my key talking points as to why real estate is the best asset class, period. And you mentioned the Burr method. You said buy, yep. rent, refinance, or renovate, refinance? Buy, renovate it, rent it out, and then you take it to the bank and you say, hey, I got a new widget. I got a widget that's freshly painted, XYZ, new kitchen, new appliances. It's worth more now. And then you can do a refinance and get all of your capital back out. And then that's how you get to that infinite symbol because you're still renting it and like you have all of your initial investment back out from the refinance. And is that a guarantee that that that's like how it works or is there like drawbacks to that method? Um, I mean, there are drawbacks to, to every method, right? So it works. I've done it dozens and dozens of times. So it's, the, good, the thing about that is you got to be pretty sharp at running your numbers on the front side uh, and saying, hey, I can buy it for this amount. I'm going to put this amount into it and I know I can still refinance it at the backside on the backside of that renovations. And then just making sure that like the banks are 
Some banks will do it differently where they have a DSCR loan. So they'll do a debt service coverage, coverage ratio, which is saying, hey, if you got it rented for $1,300, your mortgage payment can only be like a thousand bucks. There's there's a bunch of different rules to that stuff. I would say work find a local bank. Uh, local banks are typically easier to work with than the big national banks on a bird method because they want to invest back in their community, right? So I would find a bank that's local to where that property is and they want to invest back in that community as long as the deal makes sense and the numbers work uh i haven't ever had anybody say no the problem right now in the marketplace is the interest rates are very high uh i got quoted six and a half to seven percent on a burr a couple of days ago and i was like man that's still kind of high and you just got to take that into your calculus whenever you run the numbers and you're saying hey whenever i refinance this thing I'm going to have it rented for this. My mortgage payment is going to be this. Uh, does it make sense? And is it still going to actually cash flow? So that's, you got to get smart and run the numbers. <clears throat> There's all kinds of free resources out there that can help you do that. There's a lot of paid resources as well. Um, so like a big thing that has been advantageous to me, uh, I'm not trying to sell a course or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything available because my time is pretty limited, but um, is, like I, I invest a lot back in myself to go to masterminds, to learn from those people that are three or four levels above me. And I think of it like whenever you go to Disney World, right? You can get like the fast pass or whatever it's called. And like you have the queue of 180 people waiting two hours to get on this roller coaster, or you can give them an extra 80 bucks and you can just walk right up to the front. Right. So that's how I think about masterminds and education is like, I'll give you the 80 bucks. I want to get to the front of the line a little bit quicker than everybody else and learn and have the experience uh, before I don't want to wait two years to learn this stuff the hard way. So that, that's a little tangent. Sorry, <laughs> asked about birds. I end up on masterminds. <laughs> nah, it's perfect. I told you, you can yeah. want an hour rent. I'm, I'm here for it. So do yeah, you think no, man, I, I think, sorry, go ahead. Now you go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to touch on, like, I think investing in yourself and, like, if if you find, uh, I always tell everybody that surrounds me on my team, right? It's like, you got to have the hunger in the bottom of your gut, right? Like, you got to actually want it. You can't, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. This is a get-rich-slow scheme, but it works, right? And 10 years from now, if you dig into it, you will look back and say, damn, I'm glad I listened to that dude. Because it's a get rich slow scheme. Yeah, you're going to have some wins along the way. You're going to have some piles of cash that come in if you do a nice flip, something like that. Cool. Don't go buy the new Dodge Ram, whatever truck. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. don't do that, right? You got to be disciplined in your personal finances. You got to have a bigger picture in your mind to say, hey, I want to own 100 rental units and I want to get $30,000 a month in passive income. That's how you get to financial freedom, in my opinion. Uh, and that's how you escape the rat race. Like you got to get out of this rat race of, Hey, I'm a day, I'm a day trade. I'm gonna make a thousand bucks. I'm a day trade. I'll make a thousand bucks. Like, yeah, you can do that. That's cool. You can get really good at it and make more money. I personally don't like stocks because they're the anxiety that goes along with it. Right. Everywhere you're at, like my buddies invest in stocks. Right. And we're having dinner, right. Trying to have a nice dinner with the girls. <laughs> Everybody's like just checking their phone and they're like, Oh, it's wigging out and i'm like bro like chill out like i'm good because i know i get my dividends in the middle of the month when everybody pays their stuff and boom my dividends get paid no matter what so uh 
you have to invest in yourself via masterminds to pay pay to get to the front of the line and learn the process quicker uh, if you actually want to succeed, in my opinion, uh, in real estate. So, so you mentioned that you're not into stocks, um, but it's real estate for everybody because, uh, for example, my dad, I've seen him deal with tenants for like 15 years straight. And this is all sorts of problems to the point where I think he's like stressed out at night, like waking up from his sleep, thinking about his, you know, so property. Did he, manage, his did he manage his own properties? Yes, he managed his own properties. So um, I don't man. I, I only manage my wife actually manages our short term rentals. And then all of our other properties are with property managers. So like it goes back to doing those numbers on the front side. You got to think scalability whenever you're first getting started. Uh, like if you're buying a rental property, like budget in that 10% or 8%, whatever you can negotiate, uh, that 10% monthly for a property manager, because that's how you make money passively, right? The property manager, the toilet's leaking, like, don't call me. I don't care. Like you need to call the property manager and the property manager knows, Hey, all right, this is their job to get that done. So that's a mitigation factor to get most of those headaches off of your plate. Uh, and then like, if there's a big thing, like if an HVAC goes out or a water heater goes out or there's a water leak, uh, then they'll either text me or email me and saying, Hey, we had this issue come up. Uh, we went ahead and handled it or they'll seek guidance on, Hey, what to do there. So, uh, maybe once or twice a month, I get an email from my apartment manager, but yeah, I mean, if you self-manage, you're in for a long haul. Uh, property managers are worth their weight in gold. I'll let me change that. Good property managers are worth their weight in gold. <clears throat> so, and that you have to you have to have your own boundaries because there are not good property managers out there. So you got to be quick to hire and quick to fire. So, and when you're forming a team, such as like a property manager, who else do you need on your real estate team? Uh, if you're just looking for a like a rental portfolio, um, I would say like vet out a good property manager. Like if you just Google property manager interview script um, and talk to other people that own rental real estate, uh, you can sit down and interview them. And usually you can sniff out the good ones over the bad ones pretty quickly. Um, and that's, that's key. Uh, if you get a good property manager, they will have a plumber, they'll have an electrician, they'll have a handyman that they can, they have on, their staff. So you don't have to worry about that. You're paying them that 10% per month to handle the headaches. Um, so like that's a very critical, critical piece. If you're going to grow a rental real estate portfolio uh, is having that, that property manager. So. And would you recommend forming an LLC once your portfolio starts growing or would you still keep it under yourself? Um, I would say for probably the first couple, you can keep them under yourself. I mean, a lot of people are like, hey, like, they're like, oh, let me go do all this stuff and build an LLC and do blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, go get it first. Go get a deal first, right? Go find a good deal, work with the local bank to get the thing under contract, get it renovated and get it refinanced and rented. Um, and that then once you once you get a couple of reps underneath you, then you're like, okay, I've got some assets. Now let me start protecting those assets via an LLC and a corporate entity and a corporate veil. Um, so I would say 
maybe after two or three, once you get your reps underneath you, you know, you kind of figured out and you want to keep going. Um, I would say then you would start it because I see a lot of a lot of newbies. That's they're like, oh, let me go get my LLC set up. It's not hard, especially in Florida. It's not too hard to do. Uh, make sure it's set up properly because that will bite you if you don't do it properly. But I would say focus on getting the deal and focus on running the numbers versus trying to go and set up an LLC like day one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's my opinion on that. And I, I know when I went to your your briefing about real estate, you told us we if it's a good deal, it, it can fit on a napkin. Can you elaborate on that? Like how can you use a napkin to make sure it's good? <laughs> Yeah, so what I was getting to there is like, you should be able to explain it pretty simply, right? Like, Jordan, if you were going to come to me and pitch me a deal, like, you should be able to explain it. You shouldn't need a full 88-page PowerPoint to explain to me why this is a good deal. Mm-hmm. We should be able to sit down literally on a bar napkin and write it out and pencil it out and say, yep, this will make money. Um, and that's what I mean by that. Like, uh, it's just, it's... It's people try, tend to overcomplicate it, and it's really not that complicated. You can sit down and run the basic numbers on a deal pretty quickly. Um, and like I use the bar napkin story because, like, in the the beginner sector of real estate, you should be able to do it essentially on a bar napkin. When you start getting into syndications, apartment complexes, bigger commercial deals, stuff like that, then you break out the big boy spreadsheet. But the initial single family residential real estate. You should be able to whip that out pretty quick on either a sticky note, bar napkin, stuff like that, uh, as long as you, you kind of know how to do the due diligence on that. And just going back to earlier, how I mentioned uh, that I somewhat despise real estate, right? And I'd rather just own a REIT or a real estate trust fund. <laughs> Why do you think it's beneficial yep. to actually own physical land versus reaping the benefits from owning the stock? That's fine. Hey, there's nothing if if you own if you invest into a REIT, that's truly passive, right? Uh, so like, I don't mind that at all. I'm a, in the process of starting my own fund, so I need people like you to invest in my REIT because you don't want to do it, right? Like, I completely understand that. Me, I'm an operator. I want to go out and actually find the deal, make sure the deal works, and I'm going to need more capital to do that. So I'm not hating on either way. Uh, I say if you want to actually grow your money individually, I think owning the actual assets is significantly more beneficial than investing with another guy who's doing the same thing that I'm doing. Um, so you just got to figure out what seat you want to sit in at the table, right? That's all it is. So investing in a REIT is good. A lot of them pay pretty, pretty healthy dividends, which is awesome. They're pretty stable. They're buying actual assets. Uh, I would rather go and say, hey, if I were to give somebody 25 grand in a REIT, or I could use this 25 grand to go and buy a, a residential real estate deal myself, I would always opt for the residential real estate piece uh, for the reasons I talked about earlier. Cash flow, tax benefits, long-term appreciation, and mortgage pay down. Those are huge, man. If you look at those on a 30-year scale, you can do one deal and it'll make you a million bucks in the next 30 years. And it, hmm. if you refinance it and get all your money out, you have a million dollars from zero. There's no other asset class out there that can do that. Like, you show me a stock that I can buy. I can buy real estate at a discount, like an actual discount. It's appraised for 150. I can go and buy it for 110, 125 if I get a good deal. 
sometimes even lower. A stock is worth $110. Like, show me where I go and buy that stock that's literally worth $110. It's trading in the fair market for $110. How do I go and buy that for 80 bucks? Doesn't exist, right? It's all speculation, in my opinion, in the stock market. Saying, hey, all right, the fair market value today is 110. I can go and buy it for 110. Yeah, it might go up to 120, but it could also go down to 90. So that's another uh, point for real estate in my book. All right. <laughs> so far. I can so. buy it at a discount, man. And, and if you get good at the wholesaling side and you do direct to seller <laughs> marketing and you're sending postcards, you're making phone calls, uh, you are actively participating in searching these deals out, you will find a good deal. They are out there. They are still out there, even in the market that we're in right now. We've got 11 under contract right now. So like there are good deals out there. Um, you just gotta, you gotta search for it and you gotta invest in the marketing piece if you wanna run a wholesale company, so. And to start wholesaling, you don't need any money down like a conventional loan or FHA or VA, right? Nope, you need some hustle and some grit and that hunger in the bottom <laughs> of your belly, man. Um, literally, that's what it takes. It, it's, it's agonizing getting started, uh, but it's worth it if you see the vision. So whenever we got started, uh, my wife and I were making our own bandit signs in our kitchen table. We were writing our own letters uh, in our kitchen table and we were mailing them out directly, like our own envelopes. We were just sticking them, boom. We'd do like 100, 200 a night if we could and boom, we'd just start cranking them out. And then uh, there's a lot of different resources out there you can use to find deals for sale by owner deals or on Zillow. Uh, truly a realtor. There's sometimes if you search the MLS, you can still find good deals on the MLS, but it's few and far between, but they are out there. Uh, you can use like PropStream. There's a lot of different data sources out there that you can, uh, you can use to find these lists of motivated sellers and people that legit need to sell their house pretty quickly. They are out there. And you can do wholesaling or any type of real estate without being there physically, right? Yeah, 100%, man. Like, I live in Europe, and I still wholesale deals in Florida, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia. Uh, we did one in Michigan. We did one in Detroit. So, like, we are actively wholesaling. I'm not going to call it nationwide, but remotely uh, throughout the United States. Uh, and 99% of my team, most of these deals, my team never actually goes to. So, uh, yes, you can do this completely remotely. And when you're doing real estate, you think it's beneficial for someone to have a real estate license or is it not really necessary? Definitely not necessary. Does it help you and potentially give you a little bit of credibility? <laughs> yes and no. It could be argued either way. Uh, I got my real estate license once I first got started just so I can learn what does the real estate agent do and where do they sit at the, where do they sit on the table? Like what seat are they sitting in? and learn the legal side of it, right? So uh, learn, hey, what does Florida statute say? Like, what is what are the legal boundaries here? Uh, that's why I did it. And eventually, right now, I'm still, a, I'm still a real estate broker in the state of Florida. Um, so that way I can help friends out with listings and stuff like that. Real estate agents, uh, the good ones can still make a, a healthy amount of money as well. But that is a, real estate agents have over a 90% failure rate within the first year. So just know that that's a hard, as well um, and yeah and the state regulates you so 
wholesaling, you're not required to be licensed. Uh, in most states, there was a couple of states that did have some regulation change, so check your local stuff. Uh, but you are not required to be licensed to wholesale or real estate. So, <clears throat> And for people that want to go to the traditional route or just buying a home in general, do you think now is a yep. good time, bad time to get into the market? Yeah, I think uh, now is always better than later, right? So buy real estate and wait. Don't wait to buy real estate. Um, there are a lot of killer tools out there that if you, they are used properly, it can help uh, individually. It can make a, it can change your financial future, right? So like one, for active duty military and those eligible, you can use a VA loan. Uh, a lot of people don't know for a VA loan, you can buy up to four units. So you can buy like, a little mini apartment complex and you can live in one unit and have three other tenants paying you money, paying you rent every single month. Uh, that should cover your mortgage payment every single month. And then you'll most likely be getting some cash flow off of that. So that means you're saving your BAH, you're pocketing some extra money every month. You got to live there for about a year and then you can move out and do it again. So that's a killer one for, for active duty military. Uh, another one is going to be the FHA loan. FHA 203K loan is pretty slick as well. Uh, it's basically anything up to four units, and there's a lot of other terms to go into that, but that's another good tool for those that have not served in the military and don't have that uh, VA loan eligibility. But you can do the same thing. I always, people ask me, hey, what do I need to, what do I do? I say, go buy a fourplex. Use your VA loan to go buy a fourplex. Uh, that's what I always recommend. Uh, I've done it myself, and I still have that fourplex to this day. Uh, so, yeah, and as far as time in the market, it's all speculation, man. Who knows? <clears throat> if you find a good deal that makes sense uh, and you can get a good fourplex that will actually cash flow, go for it, right? VA loan is 0% down. FHA, I think, can get as low as 2.5% down. So, like, I would absolutely recommend, yes, go and buy it now because, in my opinion, real estate right now is going to be cheaper than real estate in 10 years. Right? Yeah, we might see the market correct a little bit. It might come down 5 10%. But 10 years from now, it's going to go back up. So if you have that vision in your mind, you're like, hey, right now is going to be better than five, 10 years down the road. Yes, go buy it right now. I'm still actively buying rentals myself. Uh, as long as people don't overpay and they, if they're planning to buy this as an investment, they need to run their numbers on the front side. I was talking to a lot of people, um, some of my friends who want to buy houses, they keep saying, oh, I'm waiting for another crash, like 2008. And my opinion is, like, I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Because I think there's laws to prevent what occurred in 2008 from happening again, right? It's a very different market that we're in right now versus 2008, right? So I think we all know there were some subprime mortgage issues back then, and those have been corrected. Um, where we're at now is the rates are so high that they're trying to get inflation down is slowly ticking down, but it's they're they're chasing they're chasing the curve, right? So I don't think there's going to be a massive real estate crash like there was in 2008. I think there may be a slight correction going into 23 uh, as we continue into the summer of 2023 and maybe in the, even into the fall. There may be a slight correction. I don't think it's going to drop off 35, 40 percent. I think 10, 15 percent max, and obviously that's going to be. Another thing, too, is that real estate is local, right? So it's a local thing. If uh, you say, hey, real estate in San Diego is going to crash 25%, I could buy that. If you're looking at just the luxury sector, 
it's going to probably crash more than that. If you're looking at the three bedroom, two bath, median home, single or single family starter home, they might correct a little bit, but that's where your highest demand is too, right? So if that's where you're targeting and that's the asset class you have in your portfolio, it's not really going to crash. I don't think, in my opinion. There's always going to be demand for those three bedroom, four bedroom houses, and that will not, that won't crash. That won't fall off a cliff, in my opinion, uh, in the near future. So I could be completely wrong, right? I could be eating crow two years from now saying, yeah, they all, everything crashed 50%. Mm. Um, that is a thing. The, the bigger concern in my mind is uh, the US dollar switching to a cryptocurrency and it getting depegged from oil, a lot of things like that. So. Okay, and just to wrap up, how are you playing the markets right now and how will you play them for the rest of the decade? Yeah, so the big thing for me is I most of all of my portfolio right now is in the panhandle of Florida. So uh, the inflation, the interest rates have gone to such a level as well as the prices in the panhandle of Florida uh, that, that those cash flow deals are harder to come by now. I used to be able to go buy one pretty easily and it would cash flow three, four hundred dollars a month. Now in the panhandle of Florida, those really don't exist anymore. They're very few and far between. So what I'm doing to adjust that is looking at different markets to where the prices haven't seen much as, as much inflation uh, and looking at little pockets throughout the country, small metros to where, hey, there are still cash flow deals there. And uh, surprisingly, the, the entry point is pretty low, uh, like 100K and below to go and buy a two bedroom, one bath rental that rents out for 1250 a month. So like those are what's going to cash flow. And that's where I'm shifting some of my vectors uh, on the residential side and then also looking at bigger multifamily complexes as well. Uh, so that's where I'm kind of vectoring myself. Um, and that's what I plan to do for probably the next three to five years uh, in the sh to, to get that portfolio growing even bigger. So bigger apartment complexes and then little pockets, right? There's small little pockets throughout the country to where there are still three bedroom, two bath houses available for 14 or correction, $140,000 that's still rent to fourteen to $1,600 a month. That's where the cash flow is. And that, that is not in the panhandle of Florida anymore. So. <laughs> right. Well, I really appreciate it. This is a great interview. I'm still skeptical Absolutely. a little bit, but uh, I might. Why? What are you still skeptical about? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just too biased towards uh, crypto, obviously. Um, Maybe maybe, maybe which, when I move to Texas, this? I'll I'll get me a quadruplex. Maybe I'll look at some. We'll see. Yeah, hundred percent, man. I think there's a lot of opportunity in the crypto world as well. Uh, I, in my opinion, I think that's more of a short term, and I think it's a gamble, honestly, because it can go to zero, right? Like it can literally. I lost money in crypto, uh, mm. so it could go to zero. My houses will never go to zero. Right. Like you can't physically go and move my house and take it from me and it disappear. Right. My, the crypto can just, go <laughs> and it's gone. And you're like, what happened? And like some crazy dude, SBF somewhere did some weird stuff and it went to zero. Right. So right. there's that part of it. But hey, to each his own, man. Uh, there's a million ways to make a million. All you got to do is find one. And stick to it. Maybe I'll call you when I'm house hunting in Texas and like 
we could FaceTime on each of my <laughs> each of my deals. You can let me know. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. I'm completely up with that. I know quite a few people in the Texas market as well. Uh, you said you're going to Lackland, right? So San Antonio. Yes, sir. I got some really good friends. I got some really good friends over there, man. I can definitely set you up with, and they can kind of help if you're looking at doing the investment side of it. They can help factor you through that. So. Okay, cool. I appreciate it. Is there anywhere Absolutely, that Jordan? I appreciate you having me on, man. Of course. Is there anywhere that you want to promote, like your socials or? I know you don't have a course, but yeah, I, I mean, I'm not huge on social, man. I've got Facebook, Blake Woodham. I'm on Instagram at the Blake Woodham. Um, so yeah, you can hit me up on there if anybody's got questions. Uh, just hit me through social or, or Facebook or Instagram. Uh, I'll get back to you. I'm, I'm on I'm on Bigger Pockets as well. If you guys want to learn more, uh, I always promote Bigger Pockets. That's a huge, huge resource. Um, just shoot me a message on there. Anything you have is in bigger pockets any questions you have i can almost guarantee you it's in bigger pockets forums um so i would highly recommend that uh but yeah man reach out if you need anything uh i appreciate you having me on dude i fully support and i'm looking forward to uh to following the podcast and helping you grow it man yes sir i appreciate it thank you